Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Everybody and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you again today. As you know, I'm always, always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is a home run. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that. And I'm excited to pick his brain for both your benefit as well as my own today. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs or through Powerful Words Character Development, All-Star Cheer Sites, or the Jason's Army Mastermind Group, you know how much I focus on the importance of effective leadership, right? Well, the show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable information about what I consider to be a super hot, super relevant, and super important topic to help you succeed. So strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. We only get one ride on this merry-go-round, and we want to make sure that it is one hell of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your significant other, anything that might possibly, possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss a second of it. So, before we officially get going, let's do this. Let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest today. Ken Reed is an international business executive and entrepreneur with a background in overseas business, consulting, and startup companies. He has 27 years of cross-cultural experience in the U.S., South Korea, the Netherlands, Spain, and France. He was a founder and principal executive in four European startup companies and is a principal executive to startup to additional startup companies. Ken writes extensively on leadership and leadership modeling. Ken writes in a blog on issues concerning leadership, business, and critical thinking. He has professional experience in a variety of industries, including the military, international business, startup companies, and international security. Ken attributes all the success that he's enjoyed to strong leadership principles and the development of the most important resource, people. Ken, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Thank you very much, Jason. I'm very glad to be here. Oh, well, the pleasure is mine and ours. So before we get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak or reading your book, take a second, share your story with our listeners. What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Ken Reed? Well, that, that's a pretty broad topic. Uh, I I had to laugh because, uh, you know, I'm embarrassed. I'm like the worst guy to have at a party because I take almost every opportunity for every conversation to turn around for leadership. And I know that's terrible, but the, the thing about it is that my experience with leadership is that I've met some very, very good leaders, and they're very good natural leaders, and they could never benefit from me. But then I've seen businesses that are just crushed by poor leadership and people who just think they're doing the right thing because they've had a certain experience with a certain um, mentor, and it's, it's just grinding to everybody. They think they're doing a great job, but they create a toxic environment. And I just hate seeing that waste. I hate seeing that bullying. That's another thing I really hate is people bullying. 
but, but even more so, it's the waste of, of business and business resources and, and people who don't want to come to work or customers who don't want to return. So it's, it's one of those things that really just keeps me up. Um, and, I, again, I'm terrible at a party because I'll find a reason to turn it around to leadership. And, but it's, it's kind of, that has also resulted in great conversations. I have to admit that. Oh, I bet. Well, I'd, I'd, like, I'd actually like to be at that party. That sounds, uh, sounds right, up my, uh, right up my alley. All right. Well, tell me this. What, what led you to write the book, Six Rabbit Holes of Leadership? Well, uh, you know, I was working on an MBA program in France just uh, only two or three years ago. And uh, so as part of the MBA program, I think you've been through one too, right? You've been through an MBA program? Uh, I actually, I went to business school. It was an undergrad. It was, it was okay. all business. Uh, I, okay. I did not stick around for the final year, for the fifth year, because I right. was broke and actually needed to eat. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Food. Food's important. Food's important. Well, it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, I was in a, uh, you know, advanced uh, adult learning, uh, continuing learning. And, you know, I was the oldest guy in the class, but not by much. And we had a leadership component to the class. And it just amazed me that uh, this was the exact same materials as I had in 1977 as a brand-new ROTC cadet at Mississippi State University. And I thought, how is it possible that after all this time, there's been no advance in the conversation? And it just amazed me to be, you know, fed the same kind of generic leadership pablum that uh, that I had in college. And then it's what was amazing too is just getting that recurring uh, confirmation bias of really fluffy leadership uh, materials that you will see on LinkedIn or Inc. or Forbes. You know, it's people who want to seem smart about leadership, so they just repeat what they heard. And, uh, and I just, it made me think, sit back and just rethink leadership again and try to understand. I mean, I've, I've done leadership development programs over the years because when you have your own business, you can't turn to anybody else. You have to do it yourself. And, uh, and I just had to codify this stuff and try to make it more sensible and, and just cut through the, the, the murky cloud that people put out there as leadership. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. So I, I had, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, 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 go ahead. I, I, I have a follow-up question, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I was going to say this. It's one of these funny things is that uh, if, if I show you a shoelace and, uh, and I ask you what the plastic tip on the end is called, do you, do you, know, what, do you know what it is? I don't. Well, it, it's called an aglet. So it's amazing that you have a, the tip of a shoestring that has a specific name, specific name and, and description. But in leadership, everything is leadership. It's, you know, it's, it's, is it an adjective? Is it a noun? You know, would you hire Michael Phelps to come to your business to talk about leadership when he has never run a business in his life? And his whole company is Michael Phelps. He only had to lead himself. Now, I'm not saying this was not an inspirational guy with a lot of, you know, amazing experience, but... You know, is his leadership in his field the same as what you need to run a business in your field? Mm. Right. No, it's not. Crazy. Yeah. But <laughs> people people hire them. And, it's they, again, they're compelling speakers. And, uh, you know, I'm the first guy to sit and listen to them speak because it is fascinating to hear their story. Yeah, totally get it. Totally get it, but for a different reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, anytime I, I talk to anybody about leadership – 
you know, I'm always curious in the backstory. So what was your specific path from follower to leader? Well, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, interesting experiences in that, uh, I shouldn't say, I make it sound like I'm fascinating, but, you know, when you're going to the military, you know you're going to be in a leadership position because that's just part of the game. So you know you're going to be exposed to leadership training and leadership, uh, you know, conditions. So you know that it's an aspect of what you're going to have to do. And as good as the military training is in terms of leadership development, uh, the way you really learn is by experience. So you, the, the, the system is set up. Uh, there's a culture that will protect brand-new privates from being stupid brand-new privates, <laughs> and they'll, they'll protect brand-new lieutenants from being stupid brand-new lieutenants. And that's what the culture is designed to absorb these people in and to teach them how to be uh, then senior lieutenants, captains, majors, or from a private you know, private corporal sergeant to, you know, senior NCOs. So that's the most important thing the system is built for, is making sure that our errors in those early days don't get ourselves or other people hurt. And uh, so, again, ROTC, you go through that. Uh, you then go into the military, and then you, as I describe in the book a little bit, I talk about myself, you, you hope that nothing happens bad enough that you lose your job or you hurt somebody else. And, uh, and But the thing is, that's, that's one thing it's very hard for a small business to do. And for large businesses, they don't plan for it, uh, which, is, which creates then a situation where somebody who's a bad leader can fail to the point of crisis instead of recognizing that they're failing and then you know, absorbing that failure in a certain way. In small businesses, it's even harder because if you're a one-person business, you know, or somebody who works for you as a, as a let, let's say, for example, that you hire an assistant manager who's running your business 70% of the time, and if they're treating your employees or your customers badly and you don't correct that, that could drive your business to crisis or even drive you out of business. In a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so it's, it's one of those things. I was lucky because then when I got out of the military, um, I became an entrepreneur by accident. And uh, But I realized in that entrepreneurial setting, I was one of the few people who actually had leadership training. And I spent a lot of time then focusing on the things I learned in my time in the military to being a good leader and creating good business culture in, in the business that we were in. That's it makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is not something that most folks actually have live training in. So, no, that's it's it's and, and you know, I, it's it's fair too not to criticize them, but it's also very very important that they understand that they can be heading toward this dead end, but not recognize it as a dead end. It just looks like a black wall, and they think the tunnel is going further through, and uh, they just need to know when to slow down and when to start putting your hand out to feel the edge of the wall. Because if you just keep going full bore, um, you know, it, it, it can lead to disaster. Totally makes sense. Now, just to switch gears for a sec, for your for your book, you talk about the six rabbit holes. You know, what do you mean by rabbit holes? Well, uh, the rabbit holes, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I use the analogy in the book talking about the cat videos of life. And, uh, you know, you, you sit there and cat videos are fascinating, but they don't move you forward. Uh, rabbit holes are the kind of things uh, that you have read about something that, and the example I typically use is charisma. 
because it's so overemphasized. Um, I used to get this uh, in LinkedIn. I get these news items coming through. And so one of the things that they would talk about would be charisma. And everybody was convinced that charisma was the key. So, and I realized that charisma is, it does exist. I'm not going to ignore it. So if, so if you do have it, then congratulations, that's great for you. But the thing is, some people think, well, I don't have charisma, so I can't be a good leader. And I want to dissuade them away from that. Don't worry about the rabbit hole of charisma. That's not important. What's much more important for you, instead of worrying about charisma, is creating a work environment that is good for the people who, who work for you. And then what they will do then is they will confuse loyalty to you for charisma. So I can teach you how to build loyalty. That, that's something you can do just by treating people well. But if you're going to worry about charisma all the time, you will just assume you're a failure from day one, and it's hard then to develop yourself as a leader. That makes sense. So then there's the rabbit holes. There's two kinds of rabbit holes. It's the one you're just digging at and digging at and digging at, and you make no progress. And then there's the one that you're waiting for something to happen. But all the act, one of the aspects of rabbit holes is there's always an escape hatch. So that means while you're waiting at this rabbit hole to be considered a wonderful leader, everybody around you is getting promoted because they're actually doing the things it takes to be good leaders. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay. Tell me this. Um, I've seen on your blog, and obviously the, even the way it's named, um, you talk a lot about endgame leadership. That's what, right. What is that about? Well, uh, the in-game leadership uh, really comes out of the idea that, um, uh, well, first off, leadership is always a personal development thing. So people start off and they start working on their individual communication skills and they start working on group skills and then they start focusing on leadership qualities. They start working on all these little things that they believe is the aspect of leadership that's important. And, and, and by the way, I would say 80 or 90% of the people uh, do this. The military does this too, by the way. Um, so but the thing is, your focus is always on you and always on moving forward and progressing yourself as, as the leader. So what I've done is I've taken it from the other end. I went and got um, statistics and looked at the Chamber of Commerce, uh, also a couple of other uh, leadership um, people who I respect, and their statistics is basically this. 50% of all businesses that start will fail within five years. That's a fairly well-accepted statistic. Now, half of that 50% will fail because of leadership issues. That's crazy. <laughs> so this is the unforced errors of business is that you're failing because of leadership problems, not because of the economy, not because of the marketplace, specifically because of leadership issues. And, and that just flabbergasted me when I saw that. So my point of view then was I can't control the economy and I can't control the marketplace, but I certainly can take a look at the leadership issues and work backward from there. So let's just give one um, reason for failure is a toxic work environment. You know, that uh, that's totally avoidable. And it's by then managing the the culture of the leaders and how the leaders are managing the culture of the business. And then you don't tolerate uh, leaders who treat their employees badly. You don't tolerate 
leaders that lie to the customers or lead to or lie to the employees. And it's all these little things that are avoidable. And people think, well, you know, I'm 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 um, I'm a tough guy because that's what I learned. That's what works. And it, it's not appropriate all the time. There is times to be tough. But again, what the academia suggests is that the most effective leadership style over a long period of time is an affiliative leadership style where you're working shoulder to shoulder with people and guide them through the proper things. So again, the end game is taking that end result of survival first and then massive success and then taking all the things that will keep you from having these things and, and avoiding them through a system. I like that. I like that a lot. Tell me this, if you would, um, since many of our folks, and I would venture that almost most of them are, would categorize themselves as small business owners. Right. How, um, I mean, I, I get it in the military. I get it in, you know, a large company when I worked for Fidelity, I totally got that. Um, how do you feel like leadership applies to the small business world? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things, I, I had a guy come to me, he's a buddy of mine who runs a cigar shop here in the Tampa Bay area. And he asked me basically the same question. And my point of view was that, uh, first off, it, it's, let's, let's talk about the aglet thing with the little tip on the end of a shoelace. Um, I, I get a lot of definitions on leadership, and they're very philosophical, and they're very, they make people who say them very, very smart-sounding. But I want people to not make everything a leadership issue. So the way I do this is I say, let's look at the uh, what you have to do when you have employees. So if you are worried about uh, processes, then, then you're a supervisor. So you're supervising a process to make sure things work all the time. If you're, uh, if you're a manager, you're concerned about your resources. So that would be the number of people you have, your uh, sales turnover, because it has to do with how much cash you have on hand. You know, and the, it's the financial health of the company. That's really management. And then the leaders worry about the corporate culture. They want people to feel welcome coming to work. And because, again, what's one of, what, why do people get sued by their employees? It's because the employees disgruntled. <laughs> okay? So I'm not saying you're going to solve every employee problem because, you know, people are individuals and they have their own separate situations. But you want to create an environment which everybody's included and they're happy to come to work. And, again, you're building that, building that loyalty that helps avoid uh, a lot of crisis in the long term. So the other thing with a small business leader is, is the difference between a transactional leader and a uh, transformational leader. So the transformational leader is somebody who's going to drive change and drive growth. And that transactional person is basically managing the lower-level management and supervisor things. It's, I'm paying somebody $10 an hour to do something. I make sure it gets done. I pay them on time, and then everybody's happy. So, again, when you're a small business leader, you have to take those that little level of, of uh, responsibility. Where does your problem fit? Is it a process problem? Is it a resource problem? Or is it a, a, a cultural problem within your business? And so you may realize that if you're working somebody and they're getting paid minimum wage, uh, you know, your obligation is to pay them on time because that's fair. It gives them one less thing to worry about. You want to treat their time with respect. That's a resource issue that you'll do as the manager. So it's not yet a leadership problem. You know what I'm saying? Those, by the way, will become leadership problems if you don't address them. 
because they will affect your 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 um, corporate culture and, and the health and the, the environment of, of the business. So it's just being able to break those little things down into elements and say, is this a leadership problem for me or no? And then what's even more important, at a certain point, when you start delegating, which is hard for small business leaders, I will tell you now, you probably know better than I, but when they start delegating down to other people, if they haven't covered those um, you know, those people's pay, you, you want to make sure they're not disgruntled, but you want to make sure they maintain that good uh, culture of your business that, that keeps your customers coming back. Or, or, or you don't want your assistant managers or your managers driving your good employees away because of bad culture. And that's what will happen, of course. And that, that, that's the hard thing. It's that little bit of a nuance. But again, by giving you those three levels, then you know where to troubleshoot the problems. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It, uh, you know, we talked about that earlier, um, but before the interview started, just as far as you can't fully expect, <laughs> um, people just to get out there and, and do things just cause. No, that's right. You know, you're absolutely right. And well, I remember, uh, when I started my, um, I, I started a couple of telecom businesses in Europe. You, you had that in the intro. Yep. But, uh, so one of my businesses was a telecom company in, in Spain and I was hiring key people because we were a, a very, we were a startup company. So I was hiring somebody to do my engineering, somebody to do my customer service. And I really spent, um, four days with each one of those people when they got hired in because we were building everything from scratch, all the processes, how we dealt with the customers, the billing of the customers, the customer complaints, everything was from scratch. And so what was important is I sat down with them at their desk, went over the software that we were using, you know, making the modifications that we needed to make. And they said, well, we've never, I've never had anybody do this with me. Why are you doing this? I said, well, you're key to me. You're so important to the business. You're important to me. You have to be able to, I have to sit down with you right now and go over these things and just, you know, do some gaming on what we think will happen if a customer calls. And when we do that, you understand the way I think about something and you take over my values. And at a certain point, if I'm not around for you to ask a question, I'm trusting you to make the best decision, but you're going to say, okay, what would Ken do in this situation? And if you can answer that, I say, so please come to me in the first month or two. So they would come and, hey, I thought about this. What was your idea? I'm going to do it this way. Perfect. That's what I would do. And they'd go, okay, great. So that confirmed you know, their own thinking processes. And, and that's just the way at a certain point I didn't have to worry about billing. I didn't have to worry about customer service. I didn't have to worry about the system engineering because these guys understood where I was coming from. And, uh, and I know that you can't, you can't do that all the time, but anytime you hire, for example, in a small business, a manager, an assistant manager, um, you know, make it about the business, make it about being a good place to work. Think in those lines and then spend your time with that person uh, making that happen so they understand the process they understand the resource they have and then they always maintain that good culture that you want to have fabulous i i, I just want to make a quick comment i talk about culture all the time i'm sorry to interrupt you but this, this just irritates me <laughs> um you know uh, so you're in business school and if you ask people who are business leaders or people who are taking mba programs 
And, you know, and they're taught this. So what are strategic elements of your business? So what, what do you think? Give me, give me two or three. Well, strategic elements, obviously, is your, your marketing, your, right. your lead generation, your lead conversion. So that's sales, right? Marketing, sales, two separate things. You've got your management. Management, right. Uh, you've got your money. As far as your right, so that's I'm going to cut that as your finance again. Okay, but that's good. So, um, and then actually your your HR. Oh, right, very good. So this is your people capital, right? So what I am amazed about is whenever you again, and I read a lot of articles on on leadership, they always talk about how important leadership development is for continuity and all these things. They talk about how important their culture is because they feel that's a strategic resource to the business. So in a large company, I'll have a senior VIP, uh, sorry, VP for your finance, senior VP for sales, one for marketing, one for operations, HR, and nobody is a senior vice president of culture. Nobody protects the culture of the business, and in principle, it usually falls to the HR people who have absolutely no authority over the other people. So the HR people are sold, okay, you need, you're in charge of culture. Well, I can't correct the senior vice president of sales, and he treats all the sales guys like crap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's just one of those fundamental things that, you know, I understand it. But if you're going to tell me something is strategic, but you pay no strategic um, attention to it, then you're, you're just repeating some article you read someplace. That's so. actually, that's actually, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, they, when, I, when I think back to, to anything we were ever taught, I mean, obviously you're going to inspect what you expect, but if you have nobody to actually even look at that, nobody's yep. in charge of making that aspect successful. It's like, sure. I, I talk to people all the time who say, all right, um, tell me about your revenues. Well, you know, I don't really know how to answer that question. Well, do you have anybody who like, tell me about your sales? Well, I don't have a salesperson. Right. Well, then how do you make sales? Well, we really don't make a lot of sales. Right. Well, uh, dear Lord. Um, okay, we'll fix that, but it's, it's no different for the culture. Like, who's in charge? I mean, a culture that kind of just creates itself without any sort of direction or purpose. No, it, it's so true. And, you know, you when somebody says, yeah, well, we have a great culture because we have foosball tables and ping pong tables. <laughs> I'm going, Really? <laughs> yeah. So did my co my college dorm had the same thing, but it was not <laughs> the place I want to work. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's fabulous. All right. It is time for our resource of the week. So, Ken, tell me this. How can my listeners find out more about you and how you, you help entrepreneurs to succeed? Where can they grab your book and stuff like that? Where, uh, where can they find you online? Well, uh, my my website is, is ingameleadership.com. Uh, I think the best way to find out a little more about me is, is to probably go to my, my, uh, my blog, ingameleadership.com slash blog. And that really talks about a lot of the philosophies that I'm, I'm pursuing. And, uh, uh, I'm very big on critical thinking and using critical thought to drive decision-making processes. And so just go in there. And, and uh, it, I, I know for a blogger they're too much, but I feel as if they're so important for people to get that understanding and background, just basically the stuff we're talking about today. Um, I also have my, my books available on, on, um, on Amazon, both in a physical and digital form, and that's The Six Rabbit Holes of Leadership. Uh, please, if you'd like to, uh, contact me at ken at leadership.com. I, I have a little brochure I'm happy to share. Just mention what you want. And the brochure is the, you know, the, the ten red flags of poor leadership. 
And if you, if you want just to go through the first four chapters of the Six Rabbit Holes Leadership, I'm very happy to send that out to you, too. And uh, if you like it, then please go to Amazon afterward and buy the book. Perfect. That, uh, folks, this is a no-brainer. Um, go fill your brain. This is, uh, this, is, this is an important one. All right, Ken, let me ask you this. If you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or, more importantly, to help them live a better life, what would that piece of advice be? The, you know, uh, one of the most important things about leadership uh, for a business is this, is that when you, when you are a good leader and you train other good leaders who can work on, in, they can essentially be a personality extension to you in the workplace, it gives you the opportunity to develop a little more balance in your life because you've created people who you can trust to delegate things to, which, I, again, that's hard for a new business owner. And then just make that opportunity for them to be you. And you need to go and get your brain switched off, focus on your family, focus on your hobbies, focus on growing your business. And, um, and I, let me just tell you a quick story. It's a, it's a great story. Yeah, go ahead. So I was, uh, I, one of the businesses I was involved with in Spain was not my business, but I was one of the key people in there. And it was a startup telecom business in Barcelona. And there was a guy who... You know, he suddenly got an investor for $100,000 to start a business. And so it was a telecom business. I came into work for him, and I said, I'm going to spend all your money in two or three months. He says, what? I said, yeah, because we need to get this thing rolling. And so he says, okay. So he's busy working on the finances. The, the CFO is busy working on the bookkeeping, and the bookkeeping lady is busy answering the phone, handling the mail, doing, doing all the admin stuff in the building. And so I went to my friend and I said, look, man, if you hire some young person to answer the phone and handle your mail, and it's only going to cost you maybe, at that time it was not very expensive, maybe fifteen dollars or $20,000 a year, then, you know, you can grow your business. And sure enough, they hired somebody. And then all of a sudden, the woman who was responsible for bookkeeping started doing the bookkeeping. And then the CFO started doing the financials. And then my friend, who was a CEO, to finally go out, start looking for investors, and act like a CEO. And within uh, a year, they had $10 million of new investments for the company. So it's one of those things that if you can just get in there and find the right person. Again, this was not a big deal, right? But I, as an outsider coming in, I saw this occurring. But by allowing all these things to happen, that everybody slipped into their to their to their real leverage position and. and you know, and the business took off. But it's just getting, you need to focus on your job. And if your job is growing your business, then please get that other person delegated and designated who can do the daily operational stuff. Oh, gosh. Amen to that. All right, Ken, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, so it means the world to me that you would uh, take some of your time and share a bunch of your wisdom with us. This has been fabulous. Well, Jason, it's been my pleasure. Thanks very much for inviting me. Absolutely. Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you 
Have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.